0: Your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is The Rich Rossman Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's uh, 5 o'clock straight up. I'm glad to have you here today on 880 The Biz. This is Rich Rothman, right here on, let me think, The Rich Rothman Show. Good to have you here. The number here is 866-954-4276. 866-954-4276. I have an interesting show for you today. Uh, First, I happen to be madder than heck about a couple of things. And as a result of that, we have a good friend of ours in the studio. He's going to join us in a few minutes. uh, Joseph Rodriguez who is the president of uh, Worldwide Risk Services, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And uh, then following, we're going to have Peter Cohen, a good old friend Peter, who is well-known anywhere. Check him out on AOL. Check him out at MarketWatch. Check him out on CNN. Check him out on Fox. The guy's all over the place. Written a number of books about Boeing, um, and uh, we'll have Peter tell you more about that when we get into it. Uh, very successful man. Brilliant economist. Uh, teaches, still teaches college up north in the north- uh, northeast. And then following that, on the uh, second half of the show, that's going to kind of occupy the first half of the show, in the second half... Uh, just to keep you occupied while you're driving north in uh, the 94, 95 degree weather, kind of in a cool wave this week, don't you think? I think so, Alex.
1: I think outside today, yeah. hottest I've ever felt.
0: No, come on. Last oh, I took week a nice was walk like 100 today? and some. Oh, odd I felt degrees. like I ran a
1: marathon. I walked half a mile.
0: I don't go out in the summertime. I hate it outside in the summertime.
1: <laughs> Obviously, no, really, you didn't I go out today. It was horrible today.
0: I went out of my pool last weekend. So I'm hanging out at the pool. We're playing catch with the dogs. Burned the heck out of myself. For the for the the, like one hour, an hour and a half, I was outside, totally burned, which is not a good idea since I had a skin cancer removed. Let me think, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So that was that's not a good idea. Anyway, Charlie Russo, Doctor Charles Russo, MD, Emeritus, is going to be here from uh, East Fort Lauderdale, and we're going to talk about, well, you know, Obama health. You know, Obama insurance. So uh, the abomination and the the god erstwhile known as Obama.
1: Abomination. That That sounds like abomination.
0: The abomination, which was a book I read, and you were around for that. I was. I read that book when Obama was running, and. You know, uh, everyone hated me for. You know, <laughs> they said, "How can you read this book about abomination?" He has no right to uh, discussing the truth about his, Obama's father and all that other stuff. Anyway, look, I don't want to get into that. That's past. He's our president. We have got to move forward. But we have a number of issues to talk about today in the show, and they're really annoying me. Number one, I got to tell you, I don't understand the uh, the 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 House. Democrats are laying the groundwork for a CIA probe. Now, I asked Joe to come in because we won't discuss Joe's background. Guess whatever. But Joe is here, a good friend. He understands politics worldwide, and he understands war, right? Move forward, Joe, because they can see you shake your head. It's not going to work that way. You've got to talk and talk deeply into the microphone. What, I'm, what I don't understand, I want Alex to talk to me. And If you want to get involved with us and you have concerns and you want to share them, we're going to give you a forum right now, sort of like a, a box you know, a soapbox in uh, in Hyde Park on Sunday, numbers 866-954-4276, 866-954-4276.
1: You know, I'd hate to disrupt the show, but yeah. I think we need Joe to switch microphones.
0: All right, well, he could do that. He can <laughs> get over there. You want him over there? Oh, we'll do that. All yeah, right, listen. We've got
1: me. this high-tech setup here.
0: All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. What I don't understand is that the uh, the uh, the House Democrats are laying the groundwork for a CIA probe. okay. They're going to do that. What are they investigating? They're investigating uh, a, a program that evidently the CIA had that would have targeted Taliban officials high up in the Taliban, who I think those are the guys who actually hate us and actually trained the morons that hit the building, the buildings rather, in New York and have done things you know if you if you add up all the terrorist activities around the world it's like 97 percent, 98 percent of them are done by these right you know crazy fundamentalist muslims who are the taliban
2: that's true m-
0: members of the taliban so why joe let me ask you a question from your opinion and and uh, we'll we'll get the phone calls after that why are we going after the cia for you know targeting the real bad guys. And why do the Democrats, which we can probably figure out the subliminal message in this, want to create this havoc and embarrass the CIA right now and actually look out for the rights? Because, after all, we eliminated political assassinations with Democratic presidents years ago, didn't we? Yes. We, yeah, we did that. So why, why do you suppose to, What is this all about? What's your opinion?
2: Rich, I think this is, uh, this is war basically and and i i and people don't understand the elements of war the democrats simply just don't understand it uh the reason being is that in war you're going to have casualties you're going to have people dying you're going to have torture needless to say uh, that's just the way it is but then in this country uh as as we would say this is a uh, a country where uh people say uh torture is bad but guess what it's a necessary
0: evil Oh, so Joe is saying it's a necessary evil. Oh, we got Bob from Boca on the phone. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. You got a question or a comment to make?
3: Well, first off, once again, Rich Rothman, you know, I listen to your show often. Once again, you are wrong. Because they're not going after the CIA. They're going after the Bush-Cheney administration that once again withheld information from the the whatever committee in the House that was privy to that information. It's okay that you go try to assassinate leaders of the Taliban or al-Qaeda or whatever, but you can't do it without the, without the approval and without... without Letting the right, proceed, going through the right procedures in government. And once again, the Cheney, this is just another example of the Bush-Cheney administration, which, by the way, Dick Cheney's an evil person. We all know that. Well, wait a minute. We're, we're not
0: going to go into a discussion of Dick Cheney being the evil person. I want to, well, let me ask you a question, Bob.
3: Uh,
0: let me ask you a question, read, Bob. Anyway, okay. this is my show. Let me ask you a question. So yeah, you're Peter saying, does it, of, of what value is it? you know't do, do you not think that the administration has a right, and we have about a minute left, and we can continue after the call uh, the break do what do they have a right to protect this nation and go after the guys who who actually killed thirty seven hundred people in one day?
3: I think absolutely they should, but they should go through the procedure that is required for them to do but they that. did they
0: 're saying they did that Joe, you want to make a comment This is war bob
2: these These people are not boy scouts, okay, this is war. Okay, oh, I, I, I think I I'm—Bob, Bob, let me ask you a question. Were you in the World Trade Center? No,
3: I don't disagree with you. I no, no. Can't
2: I, be I in the, the World Trade, Trade
0: Center. He's talking right now. There you Bob, go.
2: Bob, I'm asking you, were you in the World Trade Center? Uh,
3: when it i have been
2: in 9-11, the 9-11. 9-11. Were you there, Bob?
3: 9-11? Uh, uh, I can't recall. Maybe in two thousand ninety nine or— 98, I may have been there. You see, he's being evasive.
2: He's being evasive. That's great, Bob. I was in the the concourse level of of the World Trade Center when the towers were hit. Okay? Okay. I saw people's bodies flying off the top floor. Okay? You need to see pain, Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob. (laughs) You need to see pain. Okay, And once you have pain, then everything will be relieved for you. You'll all right, We're going to hold
0: that. it right there because we're going to take a break. We're going into our first break right now. Bob, thanks for calling the show. We appreciate it. If you want to hang around, we can talk to you later. This is Rich Roffman and Joe Rodriguez is here today uh, to talk about all sorts of topics on 880 The Biz. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It's uh, 12 minutes after the hour on 880 The Biz. This is Rich Rothman right here uh, in uh, Coral Gables. Good to have you here. If you're driving home right now, enjoy the trip. Keep the windows up. Put the air conditioning on. Take the express lanes. Let the county make a few bucks. It won't hurt you. And you get home nice and safe. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Uh, The number here is 866-954-4276. If Bob is listening from Boca, uh, boo. (laughs) You know, if you want to call back, Bob, we'd love to talk to you and and continue the debate. But right now, we're not. We're going to talk to uh, Peter Cohen. Peter, how are you, sir?
2: Hey, I'm great. How
3: are you?
0: Well, I'm fine. uh, We're going to get back to our main topic, which I want to talk about Geithner's comments today and the blog you put out today that I think is excellent. But uh, we were just talking. I am stunned that we're going to go after people for allegedly planning secret missions, covert missions to go out and kill bad guys. Taliban. I just, I just think that's an amazing thing to do. Sort of like, uh, you know, when we were attacked in World War II, then we made all sorts of plans, which it wasn't illegal in those days in the sense that we didn't have this, this ruling that came out a number of years ago that we stopped assassinations. See, I believe in assassinations of the really bad guys. And I don't understand why we're doing this, except I really do understand why we're doing this, because it's all camouflage for what's really going on out there, and it kind of takes our mind away from what's happening. Anyway. Hey, Peter, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you.
0: So tell me, uh, you you start out your discussion about, uh, is Geithner right that the recession is receding? And and I don't see it either. I mean, what's your premise here, Peter?
1: Well, you know, my premise is that um, the Treasury Secretary is supposed to project confidence uh, to investors around the world. He was in Saudi Arabia, and he was giving a, a talk to Saudi Arabia, and they have been uh, big buyers of dollar-denominated assets. Um, and their uh, profits in those are uh, going into the wrong direction. In other words, they're losing money on those. And uh, Geithner's trying to talk up the investment and uh, make them uh, comfortable with the idea of continuing to hold on to dollar-denominated assets. Um, but uh, the problem is that he doesn't have a good factual case to make. Uh, so he just kind of, Gates over the surface of what's really going on and tries to assure people that everything is, just, is going to be just fine. But, uh, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I teach a class, and if any of my students got up and tried to convince anybody in the class based on the lack of evidence that he presented, um, I would be asking some, some tough questions, and I, I'm curious as to how Geithner would be answering those.
0: Well, you talk about a couple of things that are belying the fact that we're making great progress. One, $12.8 trillion to rescue the global banking system from its risk-seeking uh, greed heads. I like that one, too, by the way. Oh, thank you. And uh, $787 billion stimulus plans, probably more than that by the time we got done, has officially saved the created 21,000 jobs. I, you know, there are a lot of people out there, Peter, that say you don't have a figure for jobs that you've saved. I mean that's just really I, I i think a a guesstimate, don't you think
1: oh yeah, yeah. absolutely i mean there's nobody yeah, to tell I'm sure, how I'm not sure how you how you how do you sworn. save
0: jobs how do you prove it
1: yeah i don't i don't know how you i don't know how you could prove it unless um you could get sworn testimony that the c e o of a company uh decided not to fire forty people because of uh, some stimulus money they got um but you know if they could provide the evidence maybe i i'd believe it um but in any case that's you know that's obviously a harder number. To to quantify and uh, you know I I saw this twenty one thousand number um, I've also seen estimates that it that the program could save or create three hundred thousand jobs but I mean there's six and a half million jobs have been lost since the recession began so um,
0: well you know look what's going on in the news today you know here you're you're talking about the fact that uh, Goldman Sachs will, will pay themselves near record bonuses this year right and uh, and that has to aggravate a number Pro- of people
1: probably. Uh, they, they actually reported better than uh, numbers than had been uh, floated out there, which is probably all part of Goldman Sachs's strategy, which was to you know come up with a, a number and then release it to the public and then um, as, as a, expectations of a, a 2.1 billion dollar profit and then come out and earn 3.4 billion which would blow away the expectations. Um, so that was a little bit of a, a little game there that somebody must have been playing.
0: Well, yeah, and and I would imagine a number of people are wondering how could they have these incredible profits, and we gave them all this money. Now, where do we stand with Goldman in terms of getting the money back?
1: Well, they've paid back ten billion dollars in TARP money, but they are also able to borrow money um, at very low rates because of programs set up by the FDIC and the Treasury, uh, which I think has something to do with the fact that they are uh, they are they turn themselves into a commercial bank. Um, rather than maintaining their position as a uh, an investment bank gave them access to uh... cheap loans a uh, government-backed loans taxpayer you know uh... backed loans that they're using to uh... earn some pretty high profits um, the interesting thing is i actually went and looked at their uh, quarterly statements to try to see if i could figure out how they actually make money Um and um... you know they don't really provide much insight i mean they say we made money trading commodities and and um, issuing equity and trade, you know, trading a fixed income, but exactly what kinds of fixed income trades are you talking about? Um, you know, if, if you're an investor trying to determine, for instance, whether those trades uh, are sustainable, whether they could continue to earn those kinds of um, mo- those profits, um, there's no information uh, available in their fi- in their financial filings. Which I suppose they would say, well, why should I re- reveal, reveal that uh, information to my competitors? Um, but in any case, uh, they made a huge amount of money. They're going to be paying themselves probably uh, bigger bonuses than they paid themselves in their best year ever, which was 2007. So somewhere over uh, $700,000 uh, on average for their 28,000 employees.
0: Wow. You know, when I grow up, I, I want to get a job at Goldman Sachs. Exactly. You know? well, so do I. You, know, I. you know, Joe wants to get a job from yeah, Goldman I Sachs, mean, too. I mean,
2: I, I'm sure Senator Corzine from Jersey, uh, uh, Ruben. Uh, that whole Knesset of uh, individuals they oh they 're all, all go- children of Goldman uh, if i 'm correct, but they they did let Lehman brothers uh go belly up and i still don 't understand why these uh political fat cats uh, the corzines the rubens uh everybody that has worked there okay has let uh, uh, goldman is as we 're seeing today we 're seeing the uh, the an astronomical numbers uh being put out by goldman but yet they let lehman go go belly up a country that base i mean a, a a company that basically uh invented the brady bonds to bail out third 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 world nations i don't see it
0: well let me ask you peter you study this all the time and um have you have you had the time i'm sure you have this is rhetorical uh, connected the dots at all to some of the people at goldman those are in in um in uh in uh in, 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 in positions i should say uh in in uh in, in and not just here with with the Bush administration too so oh, yeah. what what's I your think, take on that
1: uh you know i think it's uh something that um is part of their culture uh, more so than any other uh bank is the idea that you go work uh you know you make tons of money on wall street and then you go provide public service by being, uh, you know, some kind of a, an advisor in, in the government after you've finished your, your service at Goldman Sachs. And, um, you know, the idea, I guess, is, uh, it's you know, for people who don't dig beneath the surface, it just looks like, oh, isn't this great that these people who know all about finance are, are lending their expertise to the United States? Aren't they great patriots? um when in fact uh what happened uh, during last September October was that you had uh the former chairman of Goldman Sachs basically um setting up a financial system which would be designed to benefit Goldman Sachs. By the way, the Hank Paulson had uh, $500 million in Goldman Sachs stock, which he was trying to protect.
0: Well, where is he a graduate? Wasn't he a graduate of the— uh, of, uh... He
1: went to Goldman Sachs. Yeah, he was, they're they're all sure. Goldman Sachs.
0: He, he, got a, he got his, his, his other master's, uh, his MBA, from Goldman Sachs, I thought.
2: Yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah. a book out there called The House of Goldman, which is mandatory reading for anybody that works on Wall
0: Street. So Goldman's doing well with this. This is, this, is a, this is a good thing. You know, when you see your students, and I, you, they may be on, on you know, recess right now for the summer. Are you still teaching in the summer, Peter?
1: Well, I do have some students who, are, who I'm teaching this summer through a special program, an online program. So, yeah, I am.
0: So what are your you know, when you walk in the classroom, when it's, you know, in the classroom, not on the Internet necessarily. Yeah. But what do these kids say? Well, kids, you're 20-year-olds. What do they say about this? Well, What's their uh, take?
1: The, the students that i've i've been teaching this, this summer and they basically come in once every 6 weeks from all over the world um, and you know none almost none of them are in finance um but i, I think uh, i did have a student uh last fall who worked for Goldman Sachs and uh you know it's a very interesting uh situation because even last fall even Goldman Sachs was hurting um, which was really amazing and um when I look back on it, um, and I, I think that uh, I wish I had bought a bunch of Goldman Sachs stock when it was in Me the eighties, Because uh, now it's up at about 150. The interesting thing is it, it uh, went south after it announced its earnings today. So obviously uh, the uh, it's been up 77% so far this year, and uh, investors were taking their profits after the actual... Well, yeah. I mean, obviously
2: that's well, what they were doing. Well, investors, they say that profit-taking... You know, but it's really a pump and dump type uh, type scenario. You well, know, you know it's always we always talk about the trade. You know, a trade is a trade, but if the trade goes awry, then it becomes an investment.
1: Well, there's no. You're right. There's no. There's no. Uh, in, there's not much in the way of individual investors in the markets these days. I think that uh, what, what I remember was back in the '90s, there were a lot of people excited about buying dot com stocks. You know, talk to people on the street about it. Um, you know now uh after being burned by the dot com and bu- burned by putting a lot of money in housing and watching that evaporate uh, I don't think a lot of people have um, a lot of extra money to invest in the stock market so it it is the the people who are the traders who are on Wall Street who are moving the money around and uh you know basically we don't know what's going on. I just found out uh, about 45 minutes ago that um, it's perfectly legal for Congress to trade on inside information. I bet you didn't know that.
0: No, I didn't. That, that no? They, that Wait they a minute. Make,
1: they make 25% higher returns than the average person, because, uh, probably because of their ability to trade on inside information. It's completely legal for them to use information they get uh, from working with companies uh, to to make investments.
0: Right, and, and by the way, they will also be exempt from this health care program that's going to come out. It's going to be the union's. And uh, Congress that will be exempt from the, um, uh, the the public health care program that may or may not come out. It looks like there's a couple of problems with it right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I, interesting, that, huh? Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how, uh, you know, you get sort of two classes of people in the world.
2: Yeah, I, when I grow up, I want to be a politician. That's, that's No, all. I want to
0: be Peter Cohen. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 we
2: I, can I, come I, back, you know, we can Peter come Trump back Trump. as Dowd or Barney Frank, you yeah. know, you uh, know. You know these guys are scary. I mean, they're, they're, this is what we have running this country. Well, At least
0: Dodd's got better hair than Barney Frank. Yeah, I just, yeah. I will admit that.
2: You know, there's, there's an old saying. You know, that if I recall, there's no taxation without representation. Well, what kind of representation are we getting these days? We got, well, pe- know, we got I've, a Congress a, that's totally confused.
1: I have a, a little bit of a Barney Frank story. Because oh, here's a quick one. Go ahead. You got I, a couple of minutes. I was on, I was on a, I was on a, a TV program. Um, uh, I think it was the last day of 2008, actually uh... and i was um... going on right uh, after barney frank it was a half-hour program and i was going on right after barney frank and usually what i do is i go and i sit in the green room uh... before i go on well when i was in the green room i went went out to wash my hands and came back and i was told i can't go in the green room because barney frank wants to have it all to himself so he uh... i, I have to go sit somewhere else and then um... I go on the set and he goes on the set and he I'm sitting kind of about 20 feet away from him. Normally when this happens, the other guests will wave high and shake shake my hand. He completely ignored everybody but the person who was interviewing him went on for like 25 minutes was supposed to be 15 minutes and then I you know so they squeezed me in, in the last 5 minutes but it's like he never even acknowledged the existence of anybody but uh, the the interviewer and and of course himself. So you yeah, know that was my uh closest face to face experience Well
0: you know they do say that Barney Frank is an arrogant guy. I mean he is a he he like deified himself or something.
1: Yeah, he's very he's very he got a very arrogant personality. Although I have to say that he he made a lot of clever uh, remarks in the interview. Um it, it does uh, it did make me a little nervous that he's not coming down harder on 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 the these, these uh, guys in finance uh because really you know the 12.8 trillion dollars that I, I mentioned is a it's a pretty large amount of money to bail out um, what amounts to about 168,000 employees who work on Wall Street. I mean, there's 306 million people in this country, and that's you know, a lot of money for that tiny little 0.1% of the population.
0: Well, just to get some closure on this, you know, the president came out today and said that, you know, um, uh, the loss of jobs will still contric- will trickle upward over the next few months. To expect job loss to continue, he said that today, yes. which I find that to be an amazing statement for him to make right
1: now. That's
2: pretty. Su- that's pretty assuring here, you know. Well,
1: I think you know. I think it's uh, very difficult uh, to uh, turn around this this economy, and I think he's in a very difficult situation. He's lost approval uh, points um, for
0: the first time. It's it's starting to uh, to uh, you know Rasmussen uh, numbers aren't looking great for him right now.
1: You know, and, it, and it's, it's difficult. Uh, because I think people may have expectations that things are going to turn around a lot faster than they really are. So I think that's what he what he's doing is he's trying to set expect. It's it's difficult because you know he he wants to be realistic, but if he's if he's gloomy, then that will make things even worse. So you know I, I sort of sympathize with with the the position, this difficult position he's in. Um, so I I think that's why he's saying that. I mean I think he's trying to remind people that you know this doesn't. This isn't something that turns around uh, right away. I think you know the 787 billion dollar stimulus package. Maybe 10-15% of the money has actually been spent. Uh, So you know, it it would. I don't know why it's taking so long to spend it, but you know, I wouldn't expect all the benefits to come Mm -hmm. from the 787 billion dollar stimulus if only 10 or 15% of it has been spent. So I feel that, you know, it, it's a difficult position that he's in. I mean, if he if he sets expectations that we're going to have a, a recovery and then we don't, it's going to be worse. So, you know, it, it's, it's a balancing act.
0: Well, it it is going to take longer. I mean, uh, I agree with you in your point about Geithner, and, um, you know, he, he needs to really look at important things with candor, evidence, and, and measurable, sustainable improvement numbers.
1: That's yeah. my philosophy, but I, I have no political uh... i've never had any held any political office and never will um, and you know he's you know has a has a very high political office so maybe you know you have to uh... i don't know bend the truth a little bit to get up there but you know my my approach would be different and i, I frankly i think that um... to a greater extent fdr was more candid with people uh... during the depression uh... in all the things he was trying to do then we're have, we're seeing right now
0: well at least he was honest about a cigarette smoking well yeah. Uh, anyway, Joe has one last question for you. Joe, go ahead.
2: You know, I think uh, all of these expectations that are being set by uh, all of these politicians, uh, I think we, I think we as a country we should take a look at it closer because we should be expecting, we should be expecting nothing. That that way we won't be disappointed because we're we're constantly a country of being disappointed right now.
1: Well, it is. It's very tough. I mean, the, I, I you know, with the exception of, of uh, Goldman Sachs, I don't know any. You know, that's twenty-eight thousand people out of three hundred and six million i don't know a lot of people who are very happy about the state of the economy and um, it's frustrating uh... and and frankly there's a lot of people who would prefer not to rely on government uh... to to bail out the economy i think i'm i'm among those who who would like to think that somehow we can do it without government assistance obviously uh... we are using having a huge amount of government assistance and Uh, You know, I like the idea of a free market um, and and of of entrepreneurship and and people creating new products and new jobs and and all that. I think that's what's going to get us out of this, ultimately.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you continue to raise taxes... Uh, you continue to uh, raise more taxes on the country um, uh, and, on, and on corporate America, uh, it's going to get bad.
0: You know what? But the good news is we have people like Peter Cohen and Peter Cohen and Associates getting the word out every day, and I catch him every morning on my Market Watch. I have to tell you that. Peter, thanks for being on the show. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Take All care. right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to be right back. This is Rich Rothman on 880 The Biz. We're uh, right here. Don't go anywhere.
3: up the brain cells. This is The Rich Roffman Show. The For your love.
0: Okay, welcome back to the show. It's uh, 34 minutes after the hour. Give you a little uh, bit of 1960 rock and roll. You know, i got to tell you what happened to me in the last uh, 24 hours. Alex, you may get a kick out of this. You know, back in the the late 60s, early 70s, I played in a band. And I played in not just a band. I played in one of the best bands in upstate New York, and we did really well. I mean, it was a a great band for, for that time period, you know. <clears throat> and um, I haven't seen the guys in the band in, well, the last time I probably saw them was about 1970, you know, which means I'm old. And and so are they. And uh, so I made a point yesterday. I was on the Internet, you know, studying up and doing things like I always do. And I made a point of looking for these guys, and I actually found my drummer in upstate New York, who then turned me on to my bass player. Uh, Dan Pickering. I mean, we're going to get all these guys on the show in the next few weeks. You know
4: what that means. You, that we we actually, mean we
0: actually, yes, we actually. Well, they went ahead and they continued down the road for many years beyond that, and they had they were in a band called uh, Beast that uh, did extremely well uh, and, and toured the whole United States and, and did great stuff. But I got a chance to uh, to listen to. Is this is this Wall Street? Of course. Listen to this for a second. This is um, this is my my bass player, who Dan Pickering, who has a video company. We'll talk about him next week. This is called Wall Street. Wow. And you may wind up hearing this in the new movie. Who knows? They're trying to do that.
1: It's actually better than I expected when I heard this.
0: Just so I give you guys a little taste.
2: Does Gordon Gecko make a cameo in this
0: one? Uh, uh, well, actually, everyone's going back to the movie except Charlie Sheen. He's not going to be in it, which kind of breaks my heart because I thought he was a great character.
2: Oh, yeah, Charlie you know, Sheen. He
0: great. was uh, sort of like the anti hero. I mean, he broke the law, then you feel sorry for him at the end, so he's the anti hero, and I kind of like that. Anyway, um, we have uh, uh, Dr. Charles Russo. I wanna, we have to get formal now. There's a doctor present. Oh, boy. So I want everyone to be very respectful. No bad words right now because he'll give you an inoculation. I used to hate that when I was a kid. Let me ask
4: you something, right? Hey Charlie, what, what instrument did you play in the band?
0: I played um, uh, organ and uh, and piano. I played uh, a organ. Keyboard guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a keyboard guy.
4: Synthesizer at all?
0: Uh, no, no, no. Actually, the only synthesizer out at the time when in the early in the, the uh, late '60s yeah. was a Moog synthesizer. Yeah. Yeah, book, I remember that? You know, mm-hmm. nights nice and white now Saturday. We're, now we're
4: dating ourselves.
0: I am dating myself, <laughs> but it but. Uh, well, we've got some stuff here. Actually, I do have a, a digitized version of a 1966 song that we cut called "Laura's Christmas Party," yeah. and one of these days I'll play it for you. Maybe next week when we do this thing, I'm going to get all these guys together on the show.
4: I like the uh, the cut you played. It was sort of sounds sort of like Steely Dan a little bit.
0: It's good. No, Dan, listen, listen. Dan Pickering was All State Music when we were kids in New York, in uh, in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. He, I believe, he was an All State trumpeter, so he he could sight read like nobody. The guy was just brilliant. And he played bass. It was a phenomenal bass. And then he also played flute, and he played trumpet. Holy!
4: And one of those extremely talented guys that makes you jealous.
0: All the guys. <laughs> we, we, we were five of us in the band. Every one of us sang. We did five-part harmonies. So we could do harmonies that approximated the association in those days. Wow. It was that good. And, um, and when we did Light My Fire, for example, we did a jazz. We did the regular Light My Fire, and then we'd go into, uh, we'd segue into a sort of a jazz version because Danny would play uh, trumpet and do a trumpet version of Light My Fire that was more jazz, and then we'd come back and finish the way uh, The Doors did it. And we did basically play note for note. So it was a good band. So that's, I would just, I mean, I, I uh, Gloria knew that I, I finally reached Glenn, my my rhythm and best, closest friend for so many years, and I actually cried. It just broke me up so much. Charles, I got a question to ask you. Sure. And I want to talk about this health care thing. And, when, and I have my good friend Joe Rodriguez on the show today from Worldwide Risk Services, and he may chime in as he sees fit. But what happened? Now, uh, something happened last week, and I don't know if you're privy to all of that, because I know you're associated with Holy Cross Hospital. But it seems like that the, the Democrats bent the arms – of the the hospital associations to do to modify their payments from medicare to come up with about what a hundred fifty nine billion dollars
4: you know what i don't know how they're going to do that if you look at almost every hospital around at this point um, uh... their their profit margin is so small uh... from what they're getting paid that they they really have to Automate up in terms of medical records and uh, EMRs and things like that uh, to get some sort of efficiencies of scale, just just to gain a, a small uh, margin, ten percent or thereabouts. I I don't know how they I don't know how they agreed to that. I don't know if they've all agreed to that or just a, a committee of hospital um, uh, administrators that they were talking to thought it might be doable. I don't you know the the whole house bill is is what did, what did you say in New York? For cocked? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The Jewish boys would they for It's it's all uh, it,
4: it it's it's a crazy bill uh, anyway. I mean, now they're talking about tel- taxing health care benefits, which is how they um, lambasted McCain to begin with. That wouldn't happen. They're talking about you know uh, taxing people over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at one rate, couples over three fifty, then over four hundred, then over eight hundred thousand dollars again at an even higher rate. Um, uh, I, you know, this is uh, the whole house bill is just absolutely crazy it's just they closed the loophole in the drug plan but they don't really have a good way to play for that too I mean there are good things in it in that insurance companies can't deny people for prior illnesses but i'm sure that's going to be in whatever bill comes out of either house at at this point, uh, it just depresses me to read the House bill. I like reading the, the Senate bill, uh, the, the Senate version, a lot more. And I think I'm hoping at least that whatever compromise bill comes out is going to be closer to whatever Senate version comes out and house
0: version. We're on the phone right now with Dr. Charles Russo uh, from Fort Lauderdale, and, and my guest in the studio is uh, uh, Joe Rodriguez. Joe, let me ask you a question as it relates to what he's saying, because you're involved with insurance for many years. What's your take on this with Charles? Do you agree uh, with him uh, like this? I totally disagree. This doesn't fly, or you disagree? I, I totally what do you
2: disagree. Think? Uh, I disagree with the fact that the hospitals have uh, uh, relatively small profit margins. It depends on the type of hospital. I mean, if we're talking about a nonprofit like we have some hospitals here, You know, we got CEOs that are making you know two, three million dollars a year. Is is a a nonprofit CEO justified for making three, four million dollars a year in salary? I don't think so.
4: I don't know any. I don't know any CEOs that are making that amount. I mean, the CEO uh, who's actually of our hospital that that runs both hospitals uh, down here, Mercy and Holy Cross, uh, is making less than a half a million dollars a year. So I don't know any not-for-profit. Maybe it's just because it's a you know. a catholic hospital uh, association on the east coast i uh, i they just don't pay people like that um but i didn't i mean i knew ceos of tenant um multiple hospitals before this and you know none of them were making it the southeast director uh that was included uh, georgia louisiana and florida wasn't making that kind of money um, so uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where they're making that kind of money. Maybe they're making it in the Northeast or on the West Coast, but they're not making it in the Southeast.
2: I can tell you that. Before I move well, on, Joe, well, last let's comment on simple. that. Let's keep it simple. We should do a salary survey of all of the we'll, nonprofits. We'll, you know what? We'll, we'll have. We're going to have Gloria hospitals. research
0: that. That's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to have, have Gloria research the salaries of I, all I these really these cats. To, I would really love to know that. That'd be I nice mean, to know, wouldn't it? I think it would potentially.
4: All of this stuff is, and I, I can tell you for a fact what I told you about the CEO here, because all the salaries, including for all the employees, and they have about um, 160 physicians uh, uh, on uh, staff too that are employed by the hospital. It's all it's all got to be public record because um, uh, because of their not for profit status. So you can go on uh, the internet and look it up.
0: Well, let me let me let me switch for a second because we're at 42 minutes after the hour right now, and I want to get all this in. It, it it appears that the president's bill. In any f- shape and form right now, we ran into a lot of obstacles this week. And hence, you know, uh, President Obama called in uh, uh, Bacchus and all these other guys yeah. to like bend their arms and say, listen, yeah, we need
3: to do this. We
0: need to, we need to do this. Has got to ha- This is sort of like his last bill. We have to do it because if we don't do it, the world's yeah. going to come to an end. And I want it done before the summer ends. And which is why I think they're doing all the CIA thing right now to, you know, to Just take track. our mind away. Yeah. But the thing that bothered me today, and I was listening to it, and there are a couple of things, and I think you'd agree, Joe, on this too. Yeah. That number one, they want to tax those earning a, an income higher. Uh, that kind of bothers me. Number two, they also want to tax, they're thinking of taxing the employers who, uh, who, uh, will be a, a certain tax for health care. So, in other words, if if you are not giving health care, they're going to charge you anyway on the state level, or the federal level, rather. And if you are giving benefits, they're going to tax you on that. So it sounds like, to me, number one, this goes back to the concept of take from the rich and give to the poor, Uh, this Robin Hood thing that's been prevalent since uh, Obama was running. But equally so, it looks like that, you know, it's going to come off the backs of the small to mid-sized companies again. And I think that's going to hurt a lot of people.
2: I think what the administration is doing, and what all these, what Congress is doing, and what the Senate and what the Senate is doing, is they're just creating one huge HMO. Well, I think that's scary.
4: I, I think you're exactly right. I think that in the back of their minds, they just don't want to say it because they know what the opinion is. They want a single payer government run system. That's their objective. Um, They're going to talk around and and dance around the topic as much as they can. They may even um, uh, accept a certain amount of compromise in terms of of private and public sectors at this point, knowing that eventually um, it's just a a, a staged uh, uh, way to get to their ultimate
1: goal.
0: Well, all right. So I I don't know if that's going to pass because even the Democrat, the conservative Democrats, um are going to uh uh not want to go home to their constituents and say I voted you know for this tax I voted to tax a lot of the people in my in my uh, in my neighborhood
4: yeah well again I, and I don't know if um, you're reading it a little bit differently than I am, but when it's when they talk about taxing the employer, they talk about taxing the employer if they're not providing benefits. If they're providing benefits, they're talking about taxing the benefits or so they're talking well, about yes, taxing what I'm saying. the saying. So the process of the process the process the one hand the 're going the tax the companies that don't provide benefits. On the 't provide the on provide the they hand, the they provide the they 're the to tax the individual and the me tell the that 's a the on the middle class the don 't care what he says
0: well, I agree with that, and i 've got to tell you something having, having uh, I owned SMEs, since the 70s, I've been involved in that, and I've had seven of them. And, uh, you know, there comes a time that you may not be able to afford health care for your people. So the decision one has to make with your HR guy is, you know, well, you know, what's more important, giving these people a salary yeah. and helping them get health care? We can negotiate for them as a group, which gets them cheaper rates, or fold the company and they don't have a job. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't I – sometimes that's the cold, hard equation. Well, the beauty of this whole
2: thing is, is that we have a system that's not broken, and they're trying to fix it.
4: Yeah, again, if you look at the numbers, and we've been over and over these numbers, and I've seen variations on the theme again and again and again, but the fact of the matter is the 47, 45, whatever you want to call it, million people without insurance, really boils down to about 12 or 13 million people that really don't have insurance when it comes down to it. And you're changing, for a country of 305 million people, you're changing a system for that many people it, it seems to be a little aggressive to me but um, well it's like
0: throwing out the whole system that you have which by the way is probably the best health care in the world
4: Despite what you read, because again, the devil is in the details. Well, Uh, why is England
0: socialized medicine, Joey? Why is England running from socialism, socialized health care? You talk to the, you listen to the MPs and all this on CNN. Well, not CNN because they don't tell the truth. On Fox, for example, saying don't go to health care that's run by the state because it doesn't work.
2: Rich, on a simpler matter, I just thought that you know, I thought we were we lived in the free enterprise system. This is a well, social. I thought system. so too. But you
0: know, but there, I don't. No, th- I don't know anymore. You know. You know so
2: now you're just going to be taken to the to the hospital. You're going to be dropped off at the hospital, and be lucky if you come out.
0: You know what they? I I listened just driving in today. I was listening to one of the talk shows, which is one, I'm like, Gloria hates driving in the car with me because I listened to his talk show. So you know, she's t- has a migraine when she leaves the car, no matter where we go, even on the way to Publix. I can catch a savage moment. You know what I mean? And uh, and and and. In England, Charles, they're only allowed to have the patient for 45 minutes. They're only allowed to have the patient for 45 minutes... And when that 45 minutes is up, they're not getting paid for that patient anymore. Yeah. They've got to dump that patient out of the room and get the next patient well, in.
4: I, I, I forget which province it is in Canada at this point. Um, it's, it's one of the, the Midwestern provinces uh, where they basically have capped what doctors can earn. And the doctors work the first 10 days of every month. And then after that... They put their shingle they they take their shingle down, and for the other twenty days of the month, everybody has to go to the emergency room for care because they 're not going to work beyond what they 're paid for, and that 's all they 're paid for
0: i got to tell you something. you go into the emergency room it 's like going into a science fiction novel I just you know I was there when my son uh, Philip got beat up you know two years ago yeah. pretty severely I remember and, and really badly and um uh, we were there forever, and and this kid was he had a, he had a cracked skull you know and he 's sitting there and sitting there and sitting there.
4: Well, that's because the ER is clogged. Now, that's the one thing that they're trying to do. I mean, obviously, ER care is expensive, and they don't want people to go to the ER for sore throats and minor things that they can you know, be taking care of elsewhere. Well, that I mean, makes sense. No, there, that urgent, makes sense. Yeah, there's
2: urgent care sense. out there. I mean, Right. There, there are clinics right now. I mean, I, I know of one particular clinic in Hollywood that, that makes house, vis- house visits.
4: Yeah, no. I, I, there are there are doctors I know that have set up those things, and they're doing very well. The problem is that it has been legislated that no matter who walks into an ER, they cannot be turned away for any reason. And there's
0: a big so, sign that says that when you walk yeah, in, I so have seen you know,
4: it. Right now, the ER doesn't have the the alternative. And this is where where you've got to be able to to have have alternatives to say, you don't need to be in an ER. Go, you know, wait till tomorrow and go to a walk-in clinic. Here's several addresses. They can't do that right now, and that's part of what's wrong. So something that costs $100 costs $1,000.
0: I know. Insane. I know. The minute I walk into my ER, it's, it's $200 deductible before I, I even talk Show to Show me the money.
2: And yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're a pro- for-profit or non-profit okay
4: oh, no 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 the, the the numbers the numbers are just i sat on the board of uh... the board of northridge hospital before it closed and, and it amazes me how they can make a budget up they deal with funny money they charge absurd amounts for whatever they do they don't have a clue what's going to come in from any of their payers except medicare at any time i don't know how they could make a budget balance a budget make payroll or do anything um, it, it's
3: really insane
0: alright i'm gonna ask you a straight question on this they're saying, they being those who want this to go for the, through, that the doctors are supporting this. I don't know one doctor that supports this. I mean, I don't know one doctor that's supporting. That's what? supporting the house bill? What you no, 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 no. He- the, the, yeah, the bill healthcare. The, the, for health care, you know, socialized medicine. Do you know anyone, Charlie, that's really go, wow, this is the greatest thing since cream cheese? No,
4: no. Everybody's just, you know, we just. We sit back and we're just biting our fingernails because we know no matter what we do or what we say, we're just going to be washed along with the tide. All we can do, like every other citizen, is talk to our uh, elected representatives and try and um, uh, push them in one direction or another. But the fact of the matter is that this is going to influence a lot of different you know, lives, not just ours, but uh, uh, many, many people in the system. This is one-seventh of the economy. And grow, and one of the few that's still growing as the population ages. So um, this is this is this is big bucks again. This is um, I think some Democrats are are clearly uh, bound by their conscience and think they're doing a good thing, as misguided as that may be in the way they're going about it. Uh, but I think other uh, Democrats just realize that this is just another way to get uh, a number of people in this country, uh, uh, you know, basically on the public. Uh, tit so that they so that they're responsible for them and they have control over their lives um you know it's the it's the same old liberal philosophy that doesn't trust people to make their own judgments
0: basically. right exactly now um i want to shift gears we only have about three minutes left the president announced uh an alabama physician uh as a next uh yes. surgeon George general benjamin. yeah yeah regina dr regina benjamin uh from birmingham yep. alabama now evidently uh, she's, she's one heck of a woman one heck of a doctor. i mean she was the first black woman to head the state medical society she received the nelson, nelson Mandela award for health and human rights and uh... First she one
3: on the amas board of directors
0: absolutely uh... graduated from university university of alabama school of medicine uh, serves forty four hundred patients who would be very hard pressed to find care elsewhere and so forth great woman I'm not so sure if this is the best. I mean, is this the best we can do? And and I don't get it. I mean... Is it? I don't well, know. Maybe, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Well, here,
2: here's, the, here's there's better
0: qualified people out there. Well, well let me here, see what Charlie says, here, and, and then I want to hear what you have to the, say.
4: Here's the deal. I actually have right up in front of me on the website. The Surgeon General serves as America's chief health educator, providing Americans with the best scientific information available to improve their health and reduce their risk of illness and injury. Okay. Let me tell you something. I've looked at this woman's resume, and you look at her resume, and you say. Even as a physician, how did she find the time to do all of this? She's certainly one incredible woman. And got an MBA, by the way, from Tulane. No, I know
0: that. Listen, you I have know, no um, doubt and, and she's smart it, as a whip. About,
4: here's the thing I and like about she's a about,
0: great her. American.
4: Here's the, thing I, here's the thing I like about her. I think that she's, for once, someone who has been in the trenches. Not only did she try and start a medical practice, she successfully ran a medical practice in, um, in an indigenous community. It was destroyed, as you know, by the hurricanes, and she went back there.
0: And, and then they got destroyed started. by a fire.
4: Yeah, and then got destroyed by fire before it was supposed to open. But she knows what it's like to be in the trenches and to and to try and give care to people and, and what they need, particularly the least among us who need the most in terms of guidance and help. That, to me, now, if she were responsible, and she I guess to a certain extent she is going to be responsible, where her MBA may help her for running this huge bureaucracy that is part of the federal government, and that's all she had to do, um, I'd say she, maybe she's not as qualified as some other people, like C. Everett Koop, who had to run hospitals and stuff like that. But I think for the things that she needs to do, which is to have a bully pulpit and to speak for um, uh, the people in this country, what they need, what's good medicine, what what's good as far as health is concerned, in terms of diet and except exercise, that doesn't
0: necessarily, off, Charlie. I mean, Charlie, it doesn't necessarily apply to her. Because number 1 she's overweight from when I I'm, I'm reading, you know, I think she needs a wellness program. Well, no really really no she 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 talks about it and I think she has diabetes.
4: Well, but you know what? I think she, Wait I a think...
0: minute. What am I seeing wrong here? Uh, we're missing something here. I'm missing something. I don't in know. In
4: terms of What are you missing something in terms of? I, well, I, if 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 she's you, you if she's triath- out there You think you need a triathlete? to be uh, who's also a physician
0: uh, I don't know I mean all all I shouldn't be I shouldn't be that way maybe but but I think but yeah I here here here's where I'm coming I think she's the perfect person for President Obama and his and his agenda and the and the left agenda because she's power to the people Do you get that sense when you when you look at the background here what is this really all about this is going back to street medicine this is going back to the, the indigent. This is going back, which is nothing wrong with that, by the way. And, and this is, you know, taking and creating more of a civil environment uh, for, for, for medicine. Well,
4: but, you know, the, the thing where I think it might have an impact, people who are middle class and upper middle class, I think, are fairly well educated. They're on the Internet. They're educating themselves. I think the people in this country that you need to reach are the people that she speaks to. Do I think she's probably intelligent enough to speak to the rest of us? Absolutely. Look at her resume. Oh, no,
0: no. I, so, I think you know,
4: she's
2: brilliant. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely resume. not nothing. with the resume. This Absolutely is about not. Votes. That's the
3: bottom line.
0: Yes, that's what I think it's all about. It's about votes. So, Just like it is I mean, with Sotomayor. Well, you, I,
2: I,
4: I respect her a lot more than I respect the Sanjay Gupta, who's basically a, a TV personality. He, he may have been a very good neurosurgeon at one point, but uh, you know, somebody who's super specialized like that... I don't think really um, uh, knows what the general country needs in terms of health care. They've been so, so trained in such in a small pocket. Maybe being exposed to things as a news person, he's learned a little bit more, but I think she's a much better choice than, than he is for the position. Are there better people out there? There probably are, but I think she's a better choice than he would have been.
0: All right, well, we've got to go. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, Charlie. Thanks for being on the show. Charles Russo, Joe Rodriguez. Peter Cohan, thanks. You see you next next week. Bye bye. We'll be back for more of the good, rule. the bad, utterly deceptive twaddle. says I. The business. This is the Rich Rothman Show.